Hello and welcome to the Dating Smash Podcast. My name is Rob and this is the only podcast dedicated to showing you how to create sexy connection by being goddamn authentic. Shout out to Nikolai Heidloss for creating this kick-ass intro music. You can find him on free-stock-music.com. Hello and welcome back. Um, today we don't actually know what we're talking about. What I did know was that I wanted to do a special for Thanksgiving. And particularly because Thanksgiving is a time of conflict for a lot of people. It's busy. There's a lot going on. There are a lot of expectations. People don't communicate as well because they have been traveling or they're dealing with kids or they're really stressed out. Um, And in general, I think there's this expectation that the holidays need to be this big grand thing where everyone gets along with everyone else. And that level of expectation kind of gets in the way. I have a friend who's a coach that's talking about family conflict, which I think is freaking perfect for this time of year. But to avoid blatantly ripping that off, today we're talking about listening. That's right. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there are too many people that are excited about the prospect of learning about listening. And, And to quote my friend Leo or roughly quote my friend Leo about this, learning about listening is like learning about broccoli. It is just it's not sexy. And I think in general, there's this uh, there's this fallacy that I, I've personally fallen into as well, where everyone thinks that they're a good listener, right? Like, it, it's really easy to get there, but I, I feel like if you just go with a basic bell curve, at least half of people have to be average or below average at listening. So half of us out there are misinformed about how good we are. And the way that I define good listening is this. When I listen to someone, do they walk away feeling more heard, more complete, and more bonded to me? Do they feel way more connected? And if they don't, then what can I do to create that impression in them? So my problem with with my listening is that sometimes I get stuck in judging and assumptions. And there's nothing really wrong with that. Uh, In fact, our brains are designed to be pattern recognition machines. It's one of the ways that when, you know, we see a deer... Uh, and it's just appearing in between the gaps of trees, our brains don't just assume that it's like 12 individual deer that are like just popping up. We see it as one deer that's running behind trees. So it helps us survive. We can't operate without some level of assumption. And that, that assumption in psychology is called a heuristic. A heuristic is essentially something that allows us to cut down in decision-making time so that we can survive. So if I have a pair of lights that are expanding towards me rapidly, my heuristic ability allows me to assume that, hey, this is a car and it's coming at me. I should move rather than like spending two minutes trying to figure out what is happening. So what happens, though, if I apply those same heuristics to someone that I'm talking to, right? Well, people experience that as me judging them. It's me making assumptions about who they are, and of course, they don't like it. <laughs> so I think I think the thing that most people don't recognize is that they will literally feel it as well. Um, and this is almost like a sixth sense for people. And the way that we do that, the way that we feel those emotions that someone else is broadcasting, is through something called mirror neurons. So mirror neurons are something that were a new discovery from back when I was in college. So by now, it's kind of a well-worn path. A lot of people know about mirror neurons. They essentially allow your brain to recognize what someone else is feeling. And then they'll cause you to feel the same way. You can basically boil that down to empathy, right? They allow us to feel empathy. 
So if I am actually making judgments about someone, that's really, really not great for bonding. And a prime example of this happening is if, if, you, if you've ever had days where it felt like someone flipped a switch and now everyone in the world is treating you like a gigantic asshole and you don't know why. That's mirror neurons at work, man, or, or lady. So when, when we perceive that someone is being aggressive towards us or angry at us or just in a bad mood, that puts us in a bad mood as well. Mirror neurons hard at work. Uh, I've had, I used to have days where this happened like maybe once or twice a month and I would be like, what the hell is going on? Like, what did I do to piss all these people off? And it turned out the entire time it was just me and the energy that I was putting out into the world. So if this is something that you've ever experienced or you've experienced on a certain level of regularity, um, it's extremely, extremely valuable to understand where it's coming from. Because once you get past this, then you'll never have another day where everyone just starts reacting like you're the villain in like The Lion King and you just killed Mufasa. Okay, so but the real reason why we're having this talk today is how do I get past those natural, reflexive, knee-jerk reactions of judgment and assumption? Right? If it's part of how we're wired, how do I how do I interrupt this pattern so that I become a better listener and people start to feel really comfortable around me? And for dating and relationships and just interactions in general, this is an extremely, extremely valuable skill. So underrated. But the difference between a good and a bad listener is something that you can feel emotionally. So I really want you to walk away with this skill set. So the first strategy that you want to learn is something in counseling terms called golden intent or listening from golden intent. So if you ever start feeling in a conversation that someone's attacking you or being arbitrarily aggressive or just being kind of a dickhole, um, the important thing to do is to notice that you're being, uh, is notice the feeling of being attacked. Notice the feeling of you getting defensive or activated. And then from there, hitting the brakes, right? And asking yourself this question, how are they trying to help me with this information? Are they trying to help me become stronger? Are, are they giving me information that they wish that they once had? Or are they just trying to connect more with me and I'm not seeing it? My experience with this is that I've found uh, when I start listening from Golden Intent, it's extremely helpful for my relationships, particularly with my mom. Like whenever I feel that someone is lecturing me uh, or like talking at me for a long time, there there's an automatic assumption that they're lecturing me and they're trying to fix me. And like in general, it's not something that I really enjoy. But when I started looking at it from the point of view of like, hey, she's my mom and she, well, it's she has a vested interest in making sure that I turn out OK. Right. Like. She loves me and I'm also kind of her responsibility in her eyes, even though I'm 30 something years old. So what is she trying to say to help me out? That's immensely improved my relationship with my mom. If there's someone in your life who you kind of get resentful towards when they talk to you a certain way, listening from golden intent is extremely, extremely valuable. Strategy number two. Uh, this, is, this is more useful for when you're done listening. And you have a situation where that person has just been going through a really rough time, right? Maybe they opened up to you, they shared about what's happening in their life. And now you're like, oh, shit, uh, I've been through that and I know how to fix it here. Let me let me give you some advice. And what I've discovered from this is that people really don't enjoy getting advice, 
And I, I think this is particularly something that men men do a lot because that's how we're trained, right? If we see a problem, we're like, hey, well, I know the solution to that. Here, let me solve it, right? Let me fix that for you. And if you can imagine what it feels like to have your your dad start telling you romantic advice, right? Like, hey, when you when you talk to women, like you really or men, uh, you really gotta you really gotta dress us this certain way, and only talk to people who are earning a certain amount of money. Like, it's not something that you want to hear, right? Like, eye roll until you bleed from your eye sockets. People don't like it, and I don't like it. So what I do is I try to make sure that I am not giving advice unless they've explicitly asked for it from me or I've gotten permission to share that advice. Strategy number three. Um, and this, this one I'm sharing because it's really relevant and it helps me out a lot. But I also get that this, the advice that I'm going to give you is extremely specific to me. Um, it's a strategy that I use, but it's something that you can adopt for yourself. And I'll explain how in a little bit. Um, so, so to start off, I'm extremely auditory, uh, and I suspect that I got into the space because I grew up listening to audiobooks, and my vision is freaking horrible. So I learned to not really rely on my sight as much as other people. So when people are speaking to me, I also have the ability to put sounds on loop in my head. Uh, and the mantra that I use usually is repeating, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. And that helps put me in a space where I am open and receptive to what they have to say. The other thing that I do is sometimes I'll play songs that make me feel like I'm, I'm in a really warm, welcoming, open space. Like the same feeling that I get after I've done a yoga class or I've done like a hard run and I've gotten my runners high in. Uh, the song for me that I like is Opening by Jamie Sieber. And that will be on loop in my head. And even thinking about that right now, I'm already getting more and more into that space. And the beautiful thing about this is that when when this happens, it helps the people around me feel the same way. And that's due to mirror neurons once again, because I'm in a calm space. Other people can access that space as well. Now, for you, it might not be an auditory cue. Maybe you're really visual and you have an easy time picturing things in your head. So think of the beautiful sunrise that you had. Um, two years back when you were hiking in Peru, or picture the ocean and the waves crashing around you, or you catching a wave, any number of scenes where you feel calm or at peace or just really happy, whatever helps put you in a space where you can really listen. So finally, I wanted to share about how to stop a conversation if you feel like you're being talked at, right? We've all been in situations where we're in a conversation and the other person just won't stop. Right. It feels like we're being held hostage. We're trapped. We can't get a word in edgewise. And personally, for me, that's extremely frustrating. And believe me, I know the irony of uh, <laughs> running a podcast where I talk at someone for about 10, 15 minutes and being irritated by someone talking too much at me. However, um, there's, there's this background belief in my head where like, hey, if this conversation can go on, without me being present. Like, if you can just replace me with a house cat, then why is this conversation happening? Now, I fully recognize that this is an area that I could personally work on, but if this is frustrating for you, uh, I want to give you this opportunity to really start expressing your needs, right? This is how you set down a boundary so that someone can respect that and communicate with you in a way that you actually enjoy. So, 
Um, there are a couple ways to do this. First, I'll lead off with the uh, the way that tends to make people angry, and <laughs> and then I'll 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 come in with the way that that works well for me, and then I'll explain the difference between the two. So the way that makes people angry is this one. Hey, when you talk at me like that, I really don't I really don't like it, right? It, it makes me when when you talk at me like that, it makes me feel um, like disconnected from you, and it's just something I don't really like. Now, the alternative to that is, hey, uh, I'm feeling really disconnected and I don't want that to happen in this conversation. I find that I really prefer it when conversations are more of an exchange. So you may have noticed that there was a tonal difference between the two, which is important. But I think more important than that is the context of like which one is offensive and which one is not well, the first one to me, I think, comes off as an attack. And the reason for that is because in that situation, I've made it about the other person. I've made it their fault and I'm blaming them and I'm not really taking any accountability for my role in my own personal reaction to the way that they're sharing with me. And the second one, I phrased it completely from the perspective of me, right? This is how I feel. This is what I prefer. It has nothing to do with them. And a lot of people have an easier time accepting that. Now, I do want to add that in order to get to this place, you do need to get them to stop talking. And a strategy that a lot of people will adopt in this situation is to wait for them to get distracted or to catch a drink or to come up for air. And I feel in general that this is not, not a good situation only because it usually leaves me feeling more frustrated that I have to wait for an opening, right? And it doesn't allow me to really listen to this person. So what I'm going to recommend is that you present a visual cue. Hold up a finger, hold up an open hand like you're telling them to stop, or put up your hands in the timeout position. And this will let them know that you're preparing to stop them. A lot of people will react um, at this point by slowing their roll and actually stopping to listen. Right? If they are respectful people, they'll generally do this. But if they're not, or they're too deep in their emotions and they're not ready to listen yet, um, I would recommend that you just start talking and they will stop and listen to you at that point. And you might need to repeat yourself. But the important part is that you start to stand up for your own boundaries. And the more you do this, um, in my experience, the less you'll feel frustrated when you're talking to people, which is immensely, immensely beneficial. All right, that is all the time that we have for today. Once again, my name is Rob, and this has been another episode of Dating Smash. We'll catch you in the next one.